Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you to someone who is here after years of experience building his own agency. He's now coaching other agency owners. He's the founder of Custom Creatives, a digital marketing agency that connects companies with their dream clients, and he's helped brands like Realtor.com, Geico, Advertise.com reach locals and thousands of local businesses. And now with over 16 years of experience running that agency to a place where you know he's now no longer really involved in the day-to-day operations. He's now helping agency owners reach six figures and beyond with his GSD sales method. And he's here today to talk about his experience building that business, the power of niching down, and some of the tactics that you can apply to replicate those results. So with all of that, welcome to the show, Rahul Alim. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be exciting. Awesome. I love it. I'm excited to dig in. Um, so for everyone that's listening, a little context, what got you into the agency space in the first place? Why did you start your business and kind of what's been the growth trajectory for that business over the last 16 years? Yeah. So it was all by mistake. I used to work at a company called realtor.com. Didn't even know what it was. I thought when I, when I applied, it was their corporate name was called home store at the time. And I just assumed it was an online furniture company. So I blindly applied. And then when I got in the interview, um, things worked out. I was like, "Whoa, this is actually pretty cool. Online advertising for real estate. So started working there, worked my way to like the top 10 in sales out of 120 people. And then one day I up and quit. And when I up and quit, I walked out the door and went to my car, started calling real estate clients to see how I can help them w- manage their realtor.com system. So that was my my aim was originally we'd sell product to realtor.com, which is completely fantastic, gives you great exposure. But then people were not using it. So I said, let me be the person that teaches them how to use it or do it for them, kind of like their personal assistant. So that was my core product right when I walked out closed a couple deals by walking out of the door that same day, um, saved enough for a laptop, got an office ultimately. And then I realized that that was not a scalable business for me. Um, and then we got into a couple other products, but we stayed niched in real estate. That's how I got my real estate start is because I had that familiarity working for realtor.com. And that kind of went a long way because ultimately a couple years after starting my agency, they became my core and anchor client and turned into like a multi-million dollar deal year over year. Um, so that's kind of how I got my my head start is just working one single niche, simplifying our systems and our products, which I can go into if you have questions on. Um, and that kind of gave me kind of that self-funding, if you will, to be able to make as many mistakes as I possibly could as early as I could. Hmm. Awesome. And so with all that stuff coming together over the last 16 years, how would you quantify the scale of the business that you've built today? Would it be a revenue number? Would it be employees? Um, wh- where has that brought you to? 
Yeah, I mean, it, like the employee number is kind of hard to di- dictate uh, like revenue growth because we've had 80 employees before at one time. Um, and that wasn't easy. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't easy because a lot of there's there's people all over the place, like uh, packed as sardines in an office. But our revenue growth, we've been over seven figures. That's kind of like I don't really talk too much about the specifics of our of our numbers, but we've been over seven figures for like over a decade. Um, so so that's kind of a number. If it gives you a baseline, it's kind of gone up. There's a big theme here, which is that you kind of started. Um, unlike a lot of digital agencies with a fairly specific niche and actually stuck to it to a large extent over time. Um, and this is a hot topic, of course, in the agency space is this idea of focusing your agency, becoming an expert, finding a niche. And I'd love to understand from your perspective, how do you define a niche? What does that mean to you? And, and what are the important aspects to consider when thinking about moving in this direction for those agencies that might be feeling like they need to start focusing a little more? Yeah. So like from my perspective, the reason I had my niche is because I had, I had already had experience, already knew the audience, already knew they can pay for what I was going to offer. And I also enjoyed what I did. So like, those are the aspects that I would tell other people is like, do you have, are you familiar with anything that you can actually work with? Cause think about it, if you're picking a niche and you actually want it to work out, you have to like it a little bit. You don't have to love it. Who cares about love? You have to just like it a little bit. And if they can pay you, you can penetrate it and you can do this over a long period of time, then I say, go for it. But if you're doing it because somebody else told you to it, or you saw some guy post an ad or a video that says they have 200 clients in Cairo or dental or whatever it may be, don't just go because you think they have money in that industry. Because it's every niche you pick, no matter what, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a red ocean. It's going to be hard. And the redder it is, the more you like it, you should like it. Because then you have an opportunity to stand out if you have a really good risk reversal guarantee or an offer. Uh, but the reality is you have to like what you do because if you're going to be doing this for over a period of time, like real estate, we did that for like a decade. You think I could do that if I hated every single person I looked at, lo- worked with? No. Did the paycheck make me smile? Of course it did. But I also enjoyed doing it. So that's why it was able to sustain without having the burnout, without having to go to a monastery for six months and tell people why I came back and took a break from from life, right? So so it was enjoyable and I've enjoyed it all across. And so it sounds like you're using a lot of vertical language to define the niche, right? You're talking about things like dental and real estate. And you know, so that's one way to define find a niche. Another way is looking at horizontal slices, right? So like we serve the C-suite at Fortune 500 companies, we serve SMBs, right? So there's these horizontal and vertical ways of thinking about niches. How do you define what a niche actually is? How do you define how you structure a niche, how you how you actually like codify that as a specific area that you're going at? And what's the most important part about figuring out what that is for your agency? It, it depends on the talent level of the agency owner. So when we're coaching newer agencies, if they're coming to us fresh, raw, they're just starting out, we'll go categorize them by industry. So they can be an industry expert. They can be a real estate expert then when it, or a dental expert or whatever it may be. Then we, uh, then we categorize them by avatar. Like, do you want to work with brand new people, more experienced people, people of productivity? And then the other thing is the service that you're providing because you don't have to offer everything to all these people. Like you can be a Facebook ads expert, you can be a videographer, you can be a branding expert. It doesn't really matter what your expertise is as long as you stay true to that and you don't get your eyes big. Because when I when I started working with like, my, I'm just going to kind of go through the lens of, of me for a second. Like when I was working with like all these different realtors at the time and realtor.com too, we offered one service. It was banner ad services. All we did was write 
design animate banner ads for these agents that can get, get higher click-through rates, therefore more leads. Then we started building landing pages to capture all of that data and that contact information. So we kept our lives super simple, super productized. And what that absolutely helped us do was allow us to train people. We didn't have to have the best talent because we had two products. We didn't have to get into five different categories of services or find white label partners all over the internet and then just yet to find out that we're guessing our way through. We just had very simple, we had a very simple minded process and it, and it, I mean, quite frankly, made millions of dollars that you would have never known if you would have just, if, had I been unfocused, had I listened to the clients over and over, can you do SEO? Can you do this? Can you do that? I ultimately got into those things, but at that particular point in time, our revenue lied in two products and the two products only. So we stayed ultra focused. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. And the common thread that I'm hearing through all of this is like, it starts with a focus on a problem. Like when you left realtor.com, you saw a problem that wasn't being solved and then you sought out like solving that problem. And the same thing kind of happened as the agency evolved. You heard problems from your clients and then you evolved your service offering to create a more complete solution to that problem that eventually led to you starting a SaaS company and follow-up monster. Like there's lots of things that came out of that. But I think that is one of the big insights for me listening to this is like the problem as the filter for the decisions that get made about what our service offering needs to look like, that is kind of the anchor point. So it's about identify that problem and then understand what industry and who in that industry has that problem and then design your services around solving that. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. You nailed it because the bigger the problem, the more people are willing to pay. I mean, that's the cliche that's going around and it actually is true. Um, so yeah, you have to understand the problem because if you're just selling features and benefits and you're not contrasting your client, I mean, you are a commodity. I mean, we all start off as commodities to a client until we can differentiate. Once we can differentiate, then people listen. Once people listen, then they're willing to open their wallets to kind of solve for that problem. Um, and that's, that's the most important thing. And that comes down to like presentation, branding, um, and how you position yourself. Because I mean, I see it like every, every realtors or every, restaurant owner or whatever industry, whatever, whether it's, a, I'm, I'm leaning on the small businesses um, at the moment. And they've all, they all say like, oh, you're, you're a Facebook guy. We, we know we've tried Facebook. It doesn't work. So, so if you're leaning in, if you're a Facebook person, then you definitely aren't doing the right positioning because we don't solve the problem of running Facebook ads. We solve the problem that there's not enough butts in their seats. We solve the problem that they don't have the repeat business. We solve the problem that they have a two and a half star rating on Yelp or Google, and that's hurting and injuring their whole entire business and their future, which is pushing them out of business. So we solve bigger problems. Absolutely. That, that's, I think, a really big insight. So 
assuming that those listening, maybe they're looking at their business and they're saying, yeah, you know, actually there, there are like a couple of core problems that we solve really well that seem to be profitable for us. We seem to have a good process for the next kind of pushback that I get when I start encouraging people to think about focusing and niching down is this fear that is going to create a vacuum in their business that all of a sudden, because we say we solve this problem better than anyone else in the world, then we're going to miss out on all these other opportunities of people that we we could work with. And we're gonna have to lay our whole team off. We're gonna have to downsize. This is going to be the, these doldrums that we have to deal with. How do you respond to people that kind of have these fears when you start this discussion about focusing their service offering? I think the, the biggest miss nomer out there is that you are in a vacuum. I think it's advantageous to kind of be in one because when you try to spread yourselves thin, you're not going to make it very easily because it's your scale and your future gets harder. Because if you're having a sales conversation with the dentist, or you're going to talk to um, a personal injury lawyer, or you're going to talk to a different industry, all the problems are totally different. All the services are totally different. Um, and it's going to be hard for you to price things. It's going to be hard for you to close things. It's hard for you to be able to fulfill on things. But once you make that decision that you can like productize your service, that you have this step-by-step system that anybody can take on. Like, I mean, we when we did it with our team, we had people building landing pages that had never seen a landing page builder before. Just a normal commoner off the street that had no tech skill whatsoever, literally knocking landing page after landing page after landing page out at high quality. So it, it helped us with not only finding talent, that was like, we opened our talent pool to anybody versus specialists. But the key is when you're a specialist and you can prove it, you get paid more, kind of like an orthoscopic surgeon versus a generalist. That orthoscopic surgeon that specializes just in knees, he doesn't get jealous of wrists and ankles. He just said, this is my focus. This is what I'm gonna be the best in the world at or one of the best and I'm gonna get paid for it. Then you have your generalists that get paid the least and they give the worst advice like, oh, I think it's a sprained ankle. Oh, you should ice it. Oh, you should uh, put heat on it. So you get really shitty advice. If you've been to a doctor, you probably know. Um, so you don't feel comfortable. So that's my way of saying you should actually go and specialize in something. And if you if you feel like you're in a vacuum, you can still take on outside business. There's no harm in that. We've taken on outside business and and it worked out well. Sometimes it didn't because our team was so specialized. Um, but I think you'll be able to be way more focused and penetrate the market when you have like a high focused uh, standard on, on your, your niche, your industry, a C-suite, a product, a service, but just be good at something so you're not trying to position yourself as everything. I, there's a couple of things I want to double click on here. The first is to your point, like you, you'll still have the opportunity to take on bad fit work because chances are, if you're like most of the agencies I talk to, I ask, well, okay, well, where are those opportunities coming from? They're usually referrals and word of mouth. Those are still going to come to you. People are like your friends and family are still going to put you in that. They do marketing box, right? It's still going to be this crazy general like, oh, this person knows how to use it. It's like my my aunt that thinks like, because I know how to use a computer, then I'm like a software programmer and I could go like work at uh, SpaceX and build rocket ships. Like there's just no delineation in their mind between those things. So your specialization is probably not going to be relevant to most of the people that are sending you business. And the best case scenario is it becomes relevant and then they send you the right business in the future. So there's a snowball effect there. And then there's something that you said earlier that I want to really double down on because this is where niching really creates a significant advantage for profitability. You mentioned earlier, the specialist gets paid more. That's correct, right? You can charge more for the same service offering because you're saying, well, yeah, we build landing pages, but we we do it for 
the legal industry. We, we know how to build one for the legal industry that converts. And simultaneously, the level of expertise that your team needs on the back end, because the process is more clearly defined, goes down, meaning your cost goes down as your price goes up. You start to stretch that gap from both ends because there is this continuum where the more custom specific, the more subjectivity that work requires to be done because it's not very well defined, the more expensive that labor typically has to be because they need to be more experienced. They need to have more context, um, more ability to like deal with uncertainty. And as you mentioned, the more clearly those things become defined, actually the less skilled that labor needs to be. So you start to stretch this gap and that's where the real profitability maximization can come out of the strategy. And I think that's a really important thing to just kind of really codify for everyone that's listening. That's the magic in this process. So um, with all of that said, um, some final words of advice for agency owners that are either just getting started or have a little bit of traction, but are kind of feeling overwhelmed, taking all kinds of different work from all kinds of different people. They want to get some scale. What are the things they should be thinking about as they move forward after listening to our show today? I mean, I think the number one thing that I tell even my team, because everybody gets overwhelmed, their, their their head gets in their way, their emotions do, it stays focused as you can. Work on the, the top problems that you want to solve for. Because like it's so easy to do the easy things. It's easy to check your email. It's easy to call your friends. But when it's not easy to go get clients. So focus on what's going to grow your business the most and stay ultra focused on that. Like don't get like find your when you find your yourself like streaming off or getting like distracted, be self-aware and come back. Because when I look at it is if we do content, that's important because it can generate a lot of leads for us. Um, we have to practice with sales. We have to constantly go over coaching with our own team. Those are the most important things to kind of keep the needle moving in our business. Um, now focus on what's most important to you to get to your goal. Because like I said, it's so easy to do these simple things, but the simple things just quite frankly, aren't going to move the needle in the business. It's those difficult things. And when you do those difficult things day after day, even after having bad days, that's how you're going to make your needle move in your business. That's the only way. I mean, think about like a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant. They put themselves through torture every day, day in and day out, working out longer than everybody else, waking up earlier, staying later. And that's why they're the best. And it doesn't mean you have to do that. But if you do, you'll get that further ahead. I love that advice, that consistency over time. You know, even if the first hour of your day is doing that one thing that gets you clients, um, that's such a powerful thing and it gets lost on a lot of people. So very wise words. And so for those that have listened to the show, they want to follow what you're doing, where can they connect with you and learn more about uh, what you're working on? Yeah, if you look me up on Facebook, you can find me there. From there, you can find like our website and look us up from there. But we also have an agency foundations course um, that anybody can have that's listening to this. It's totally free. It's like really badass videos of like, we hold nothing back on how you can get to 10K. If people follow this roadmap and follow the advice that we give in these online videos alone, you can get to your first 10K MRR recurring revenue or add another 10K on top of it. We've had advanced people go through it and they used our sales modules and helped them sell more effectively. So we held nothing back from like how to niche, how to productize your offer, how to create a scary offer. We have that scary training, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll keep that as curiosity because it is the, the most important part to make your marketing work. And then we have our sales training and our fulfillment. Awesome. So, so I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a link to that so you can share it with the audience. 
Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure we have that in the show notes. If you're listening, just scroll down to the show notes and we'll have that linked up. And with that, uh, I want to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure talking to you. And those of you listening at home, leave us a comment where you're listening to this. Let us know what you got from the show. And with that, we will see you in the next episode. Raul, thanks for joining us today, man. Hey, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
you for having me.